2: Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, when she said the spirit was just a ghost, he's not scary. Did the spirit maybe take that as a challenge? This is Real Ghost Stories Online. If you have a real ghost story, share it with us. If you'd like to call it in, it's 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You can also... Be a premium subscriber. No commercials, advance episodes, and access to the archive. You can try it for three days free if you sign up through Apple Podcasts, or you can also sign up through patreon.com slash realghoststories or ghostpodcast.com. I'm Carolyn Harper is here today. How are you? I am
1: great. How are you, Carol?
2: Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be able to complain about anything. I mean, maybe I could, but it's all okay. I had a show open this weekend, a new play, and it went over really well. So that was That's exciting. Fun. It's one of those, um, what you know, it's like you don't know how it's going to go over until you get an audience. and Oh, yeah. And then you start questioning, is it funny? Could I have written it more funny? What is it? And then once you get the audience, it's like, okay, they're laughing. I'm fine. <laughs> and they yeah. did. So it was really fun. It was fun to see it, actually. And and see people in the audience and having fun yeah then i just kind of sit back and my work is done at that point so it's you know at some point i want to
1: go watch every single one of your plays
2: well that would be a challenge because somebody asked me the other day how many i've written and i've written over 30.
1: oh so that would be a lot and, I'm sure I could do
2: it. And maybe after, you know, 20, you'd be like, I am so done with watching curl shows. <laughs> it's yeah, like en- enough with these stupid shows. But it was it was fun, so I'm real excited, excited yeah, about it. Yeah, that's good. So would you like to hear a ghost story? I would love and to. And maybe a lesson about taunting a ghost. Like, oh, it's just a ghost. It's not very scary. Maybe that's not a good idea. No. Oh. Maybe. So here's the story. It says, in college, I lived at three different residences each year. That's a lot of places in one year. Goodness. Yeah, it is. That's a lot of moving. Moving three times in college would be a lot, but three different residences each year is what it says. In all three places, I had spiritual encounters, but it wasn't until the second that I realized they could be mean. Now, how did you not ever think about that before?
0: Back to our conversation in just a moment. First, I want to thank our supporter today, NutriSense. That is actually the sound of the NutriSense biosensor that I've been wearing. With NutriSense, it's really amazing. I've learned some very interesting things about my food and drink choices and how it all affects my body. And also how sleep, exercise, stress, all of that exercise plays a big role in my health as well. Your glucose levels can significantly impact how your body and mind feels and functions. NutriSense lets you analyze your glucose levels in real time in response to food, exercise, stress, sleep. It's been, like I said, very fascinating to see my results and see what I need to do different to feel my best uh, all the time. NutriSense includes one month of free board-certified nutritionist guidance and support. My Nutritionist has been super helpful going over the results, the data, and answering any questions I have so I can fully understand what exactly this system is, how it works, and what I can do to make it work best for me. It keeps me accountable by messaging me when I'm going off my plan. It's kind of nice. Yes, NutriSense has helped me take better choices into account about what I eat. NutriSense has really helped put in perspective for me what I need to do to feel my best in terms of losing weight, mental acuity, physical fitness, all of that. It can do the same for you too. Start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Visit NutriSense.com ghost and get $30 off your first month and one month of board certified nutritionist support. When they ask how you learned about NutriSense, make sure you tell them it was the Real Ghost Stories online podcast.
2: The second place I lived in was a three-bedroom condo I shared with three other people. We would always play pranks on each other and would laugh about it. When I started experiencing things in the house, all of them thought I was messing with them. I would hear doors open, but no one was there. The hot water pot would start whistling when no one was home. Which is weird, because how would you know it was whistling? Maybe you have video or something? Yeah. Or, um, you know what that probably means? is like, he or she is the only one home. No one else was home. That's going to oh, be my yeah. guess. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Two times I had a friend in my room, and we heard a loud, and I mean loud, stomping up the stairs after calling out, and no one responded. I ended up walking downstairs the first time because I thought we were getting robbed and no one was there. The second time, we knew better and locked the bedroom door. Fast forward to a couple of months later, I was in my roommate's room and the door was open. We heard the same loud stomping as I had before and he freaked out. He thought someone was robbing us just like I had thought before. He's a chicken, so I walked out into the hallway and unfortunately said, It's just the ghost. He's not scary. I said it to make my roommate feel better, but the ghost or whatever spirit seemed to have taken it as a challenge. That night, I went into the bathroom and closed the door but didn't lock it. After washing my hands, I opened the door and it wouldn't open. I kept turning the lock, thinking I might have locked it, but it was like someone was holding the doorknob. So I started yelling for my roommate through the door, saying, this isn't funny, I need to get out. And no one responded. After about two minutes, I started panicking and started pounding and screaming and I heard my roommate run to the door on the other side. He said he could see the knob turning, but it wouldn't stop. It was like someone was holding it. When I walked out, I felt so scared, like a really bad wave of negative energy flooded over me. We moved out two weeks later After saging the house, I have learned since not to threaten a ghost. Finally, the third place I lived in was a fraternity house. I was crashing with my boyfriend and three other guys at this huge home. While doing a phone interview in his bedroom, I heard two kids running up and down the stairs. I actually could hear them giggling and running really loudly. Later that night, it came up in conversation and the guys told me that the house had ghosts And you could hear little kids on the stairs. I told them about my encounter and they said that they had been hearing things for the last three years. I was unemployed at the time, so I was home a lot. Above my boyfriend's bedroom was an attic and I could hear pounding on the ceiling all day and all night. I would always acknowledge them and say that they were nice and awesome, blah, blah, blah. Whenever they would pound on the ceiling when my boyfriend was home, we would just ignore it and pretend like it wasn't happening. The day before Thanksgiving, there was pounding on all the walls so loud, we had to close our ears, or cover the ears, maybe. The walls were shaking while the pounding sound continued. They were super active, and the kids could be heard running up and down the stairs. We ended up leaving that night because they were actually scaring us, it was so loud. I never felt a bad vibe from them, but that night, they were trying to communicate with us. During this time, one guy at the house thought insulting them in front of me would be funny, saying, you're not real, you're a bunch of dumbasses, fine, wasting our time, and continued on for a rant for like five minutes. That night, he was alone at the house, and there was a loud howling sign. Oops. Oops. There was a loud howling sound, and he couldn't figure out where it was coming from. He recorded it, and it was terrifying. Mind you, this guy wasn't really scared of anything. He ended up leaving that night because of how scared he was. Anyway, long story short, people say things have a way of following me, and I think they're around us all. It's just that some people are more open to it than others, and that's from Gina. Do you think that's true, that... We could all be kind of followed by spirits, but maybe you're not open to it, which is why some people don't experience it. Or do you just think it's some people are affected or maybe somewhere in the middle?
1: I honestly think it's like somewhere in the middle because like, like, yeah, there is like some people out there who are affected, who like, who do like have like things following them, but they, but they're not open to it. But so they don't really experience things. But at the same time, there's people who, like, just don't, that, like, don't have anything following them. They don't experience anything. And the people who are open to it, so, like, psychics who may not necessarily have anything, like, following them around can certainly attract things Mm -hmm. to themselves. And then there's the people who still experience things and, like, get followed. And if they're not open to it or are open to it, they still... It still happens. It's it's out in the it's really up in the
2: air. If maybe there are certain people who just have like a level like a like such a wall built up around them that that can't be penetrated by a spirit. Yeah. But then there's always those people who you talk to that will be like, "Yeah, I don't believe in this stuff." But this one time, and then they'll tell you a story. Well, that sounded pretty paranormal. <laughs> So I think there are people, too, that might have had experiences and they deny it or try to rationally explain it in another way or maybe it was my imagination. But, like, this is all weird stuff that, you know, like other people were hearing, too, so I don't think it was just Gina. Yeah. And I can't believe Gina moved into a fraternity with her boyfriend. That's just like one big-ass paranormal activity place night after night after night because they would never stop. I'm surprised yeah. they could hear anything in the house because of all, you know, my opinion of fraternities is like, there's a party going on every day, and that's not necessarily the case, but but it sounds like it, that was a really scary place, and a lot of those old fraternity houses are just that. They are old houses. Yeah. I don't know about that one. I think, definitely think Gina has abilities there.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Here is our next story. It says, This probably happened when I was about 10 or 11 years old. I can't remember exactly. I just remember being fairly young. As I'd mentioned before, my childhood was filled with minor paranormal experiences, some more intense than others, but for the most part, compared to some people, rather tame. Not to say they weren't terrifying, but if we all were to put our experiences in a pile up for grabs, I would certainly grab mine back. (laughs) I don't know why it made me laugh. This was most certainly my most vivid experience, and it has only ever happened once. And to this day, I've never experienced anything like it again. When I was young, I of course had a bedtime as most children do. My bedtime was probably later than most, but I've always belonged to the night, as do my parents. I think some people are just like that; they're just night owls. I had, yeah. What time do you normally go to bed? I don't know. It's
1: once again like sometimes I stay up like all night. Sometimes I go to bed really early sometimes because you stayed like, up the night,
2: <laughs> the whole night before.
1: It's like I am exhausted. Um, That was certainly something. I was falling asleep in class after that. That was bad.
2: That's bad. And a little embarrassing, because when you fall asleep in class, you can do those weird things like you're falling asleep and then you kind of trip. And when you're in that weird kind of twilight thing and your whole body jumps, and then that's in every kid around you is like, oh, Harper was sound asleep. So let's see. It says, um, I had gone to bed somewhere around 11 o'clock that night, My parents would always stay up a bit later than me, catching up on chores or checking emails, normal parent stuff. My room is the second to last room before my parents' room. Their room was probably never meant to house a bed, but instead was intended to be used as a storage room or something along those lines. The ceiling follows that directly of the roof, making the room pyramid-like in shape. My room is shaped like an irregular pentagon. The longest wall is on the hallway side, the door of which is at the end. My parents would always turn off the hallway light so that it wouldn't shine in my eyes as I tried to sleep. However, they always left the loft light on while my father worked as his computer office space is directly behind my shortest wall. This sounds like a really interesting kind of odd house. This light would cast a faint glow down the hall. I never liked falling asleep in the dark, so I didn't mind that faint illumination. I'd fallen asleep rather easily that night, which can be rare for me. Unfortunately, I take after my father and often have trouble getting to sleep if I'm not completely exhausted. At the time, the shortest wall was where I had my black art and miscellaneous item storage dresser with my large bulky hand-me-down TV sitting on top of it. TV was a near-perfect fit for the dresser, as I remember, but even against the shortest wall, there was still about two feet of wall to the right of it, which is where my DVD shelf, now bookshelf, sat. However, the shelf was a lot slimmer than the dresser, which still left somewhat of an empty hole in that place, even though it was technically filled. I am having a hard time following this person. Um, I don't remember dreaming or anything. Honestly, I don't... Think I was even asleep long enough to dream. Everything was fine, peaceful, normal. And then in an instant, almost as though I'd been jolted awake, I shot up in bed, the TV and DVD shelf in my immediate view. In that slightly darkened corner, I saw a vision of a boy staring at me. But it was odd. I'd perceived him to be standing there, but I don't think that there was an apparition there at all. Or... It was so fast that the shock may have altered my perception of the event in reality. What I remember most was how vivid everything was. It was like flashing images in my mind, allowing me to see every detail of this child. He was young, possibly younger than I, was dressed in clothing most certainly not of our time, unless he belonged to a family of eccentrics with an obsession with 1700s period clothing— However, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that was most likely not the case. He wore a white, loose-fitting, loose long-sleeved shirt with a type of brown vest thing on top with matching pants, reaching perhaps slightly past his knees. He was very pale, but not that, oh, I haven't been outside all winter pale. It was that lifeless, ashy blue pale. His eyes seemed sunken in and dark. His hair was dark brown, almost black, and extremely disheveled. He was barefoot and his finger and toenails appeared to have dirt under them and his lips were pale, bluish purple. I'm no expert, but he looked like a person that may have suffocated in some way. I didn't see any marks on his neck And given where I live, assuming this child may have been from this area, my better judgment might suggest drowning. I'm not entirely sure about that. All of this imagery had flashed in my mind in a matter of seconds, as well as one word, a name, Bartholomew. I was so frightened by this that I ran to get my mother. The loft light was still on, so I raced downstairs to see she was sitting at the kitchen table, I asked her to stay with me while I slept that night, and she did. But for months, that corner of my room made me immensely uncomfortable. I never saw this boy again, nor could I find any information about any child with that name dying here. Anyways, thanks for taking the time to read my story, Alexandra. Now I think this is interesting because, like, because she didn't really mention anything about paranormal activity. You ever seeing the kid again? Do you think it was just one night? She saw this child and did she really see the child or do you think it could have been she was in some sort of dream state?
1: I mean, like, it's 50-50 right now because she only saw the child once and she never saw it again. And at the same point, she was already like very like much asleep as she described in that story. Honestly, I think it'd be either one. But the thing that gets me is she described this boy so clearly that it almost does sound very paranormal.
2: There was a lot of description to the point, like she's talking about dirt underneath his fingernails and toenails. Yeah. That's pretty descriptive if you're seeing that. So it just, it kind of makes me wonder, is it one of those weird dream states or did she wake up and see this boy Bartholomew? And The thing is, is that Bartholomew, with a name like that, could have died in the 1700s on the property. doesn't mean he died in the house. And, you you know, it's not like in the 1700s they would have kept track as well as we do now of people dying. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's interesting that you would see something like that one night and never see it again. Because it almost seems like by seeing it, it's like some kind of cry for help or, I don't know.
1: It almost makes you wonder, because like, I've heard several stories like this where like you see them like on the anniversary of the of the death. I wonder if it could be like that because you only saw him once.
2: Yeah, so maybe there was a reason why that day. Yeah. I kind of like that theory. Maybe it had something to do with the day.
1: And the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
2: And maybe, once again, he was a spirit who was able to get through that day. Maybe he tried again. Maybe he tried several Mm -hmm. times and could just never do it. Yeah. But I am here to tell you, if that would happen to me, that would creep me out. I would have a problem sleeping in my bedroom after that. I would Not in my, I would just have problems sleeping. I'm like, is the kid going to show up? Is Bartholomew coming tonight? Because I can't deal with it. Well, if you have a real ghost story, we would love to hear it. So call it in 855-853-4802 or write it in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You could become a premium subscriber, no commercials, advanced episodes, and access to the archive. You can sign up through Apple Podcasts where you can try it three days free. Sign up through Patreon slash patreon.com slash stories or at ghostpodcast.com. And for all of us here at Real Ghost Stories Online, thanks for listening.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it.